Look at that. The sun is setting. It was only just rising when I went into the cave. Hours must have gone by. Bethan is just sitting there, on that cliff. What do I even say? She hasn't said anything since we left. Bethan, are you okay? Please say something. That day, by the river, it wasn't fate, was it? You were waiting for me. No, I was told to be there. That you would be there. How much do you know? Quite a lot. He told me all about them, Murky Becker, what they're planning, what they've done. Who told you? Who is he? The one that took me? The Torrent Spectre? Oh, I had no idea. I thought he usually takes people for good, not to return them. How did you get out? Well, the denizens of the Tailtide. They're preparing to fight back. I was spared to pass on a message. What message? Not for you. For them. For Jenny. Oh, listen, Beth, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I... I... You lied to me, and I trusted you. You've been working for them. What on earth possessed you to become that? They're evil, Owen. I know, I know. They stand for such hatred, such greed. I know. Believe me when I say I had no choice. What have they got over you? Why drag me into it? I, I will tell you, I promise. But we have to keep moving. They think you're dead. It's either going to buy us time or, or... Or? Or I'm finished. What can we do? Carry on. Collect tails. Keep the tail tide flowing. At least until we get to Swansea. Something big is coming. They almost have everything they need. What? What was that? Oh, of course. The cave we came out of. You're supposed to be able to hear the cries and the sounds of the Morpha Pit disaster echo from it when the wind's just right. See below us? Silhouette of the steelworks burning against the darkening sky. Plumes of steam and smoke billowing out of the stacks. It's not hard to imagine, is it? March 1890, a terrible accident occurred at Morva that shook the community. That morning, the men descended into the pit as always. Huddled together in a cage, they plunged into the dark depths below. Halfway into their shift, an explosion ripped through the deep cribble vein and was so loud it could be heard on the surface and in the surrounding community. The workers on the surface acted quickly and finding that the cages still worked, began the rescue mission immediately. Many of the survivors managed to walk out, but as the day wore on, it became clear that many were still trapped below. 
If the initial blast had not killed them, then the poisonous gases now filling the shafts was rapidly becoming the new threat to both survivors and rescuers. Those who were brought to the surface spoke of how they had to climb and clamber over the mangled bodies of their friends, and after two more fires broke out, the pit managers had to make an awful decision to flood the mine. 89 bodies were recovered in total, with many more left to their fate. Do you know what makes this story even more harrowing? In the weeks leading up to the disaster, there have been so many strange occurrences. Ghostly voices and knocking in the cribble vein, a white horse running loose through the labyrinth of tunnels, the sweet smell of the death flower that wafted around the workers, corpse candles floating through the pit, the appearance of the red dog of Morpha and the miners and their families plagued by dreadful premonitions in their dreams. Over 250 people descended into the mine that day. But that was only half the number of workers. Imagine that. There was even said to be a little man who had descended into the pit with them every morning but did not return. The miners told of being followed by a presence and doppelgangers witnessed below and on the surface. The sheer amount of supernatural activity actually prompted an inspection of the mine. The men were so scared that something was coming that the manager threatened to dismiss anyone found talking of such things. One worker even left to work in another mine, so convinced was he that these omens were true. It has left such a mark upon the community even to this day. The Pit of Ghosts. Driving past on the flyover, especially at twilight, with Margam on one side, the steelworks on the other. I used to pretend it was a fairy kingdom when I was little. The lights, the fires. It looks so weatherworldly, doesn't it? This whole area does. Aberavon and Port Talbot. They're such a wonderful place. For somewhere so filled with industry, there is a magic going back centuries. So many ghosts walk the streets. The woods are full of the Tulwith Teg. <laughs> People tell tales of things that happened there many years ago that we cannot explain. And here I am, after all that has happened, sitting on a hilltop looking down at one of the most magical places of all. The Abbey Works in Port Albert, one of the largest steelworks in Europe. It stretches for miles. As you sit here now like I am, at the time between times, you see it like a wall of flame. Smoke stretching to the sky. Ugly and yet so, so beautiful. And there in the middle of that works, there is something that truly does not belong there, but you cannot imagine a place without it. A wall. A stone wall. Twenty feet long, maybe twelve feet high. 
It is now surrounded by a barrier and two buttresses holding it up. It sits at an angle that seems impossible. But it is held up for a reason. The barrier is there to stop the nearby traffic from the works from hitting that wall. And I was lucky enough, Beth, when I was younger, to have worked in there at all hours. And no matter what was happening, no matter what the weather was like, that place was always magical. It's like the moon reflects off the wall and creates shadows and images that you would not expect. It has a story. You see, they say the wall is cursed. If the wall ever falls down, then the works will close and the town will rot away to nothing. Though it's only a stone's throw from Kenfig with its drowned town, you can see why the people fear such things. The story goes back to the time of the dissolution of the monasteries. You see, they say there's a tunnel under that works that heads all the way back to the abbey in Margam. The monks would come to and fro because that wall, that magical wall, was part of the new Grange farm, one of the most prosperous farms in all of Wales. The fields surrounded it were once filled with animals and crops. There were boats there that would travel all the way up the rivers towards mid-Wales. People would come and go. The monks would also toil the fields there, were wealthy indeed. But sadly, there, at that time, at that dark time, where the monasteries were taken apart and all their pieces sold to pay for Henry VIII and all the things that he wanted to do, there was also a great plague which rode through the land on a bleak horse. Many of the monks were killed or died, those that were left tried in vain to keep the farm going, although the animals were now few and the plants were mostly rotten. One of the owners, one of the local landowners loyal to the king, was a man called Sir Rice Mansell. And as the story goes, he was riding through the new grange. There he was asking all his soldiers to pull down everything that belonged to the monks. One brother, a lay brother, called Brother Demetrius, because he wore a white robe, stood in front of the horse and cried up at Sir, Sir Rice Mansell, Please, my lord, leave us live in peace. Let us keep our farm, let us keep our abbey. We would not do anything to disturb you and offer only help to the people of the area. <laughs> Sir Rice Mansell stared at him and cried, out of my way. This whole place comes down, and it comes down now. The brother looked up at him and said, should you pull down this, this farm, this livelihood, this magical place that has fed people for miles around, then I curse you. Anything that is built here instead, if the farm goes, it goes, the town goes, the people go. What is now a prosperous place will become nothing. Bleak, barren, gone. I do that with my dying 
breath, and with that he rushed at Sir Mansell, who pulled out his sword and killed him dead. It is said that the white robes of the monk were turned red by the blood as he was left to rot on the floor. And laughing, Sir Mansell moved away. But he did not sleep that night, nor the next, nor for weeks or months following, so afeared was he of the curse. He ordered that the wall would not be touched, never be touched, never be brought down. And it still stands there, to this day. Just a small fraction of what it once was, but still held in awe by the people who work here, live here, and play here. There have been many sightings of a ghostly monk, Brother Demetrius. <laughs> Even when I was there years ago, two crane drivers saw a white shape gliding in front of the wall. They were terrified. They jumped from their cranes and would not return. They couldn't unload the coal for two weeks after that. And still now, years after, people driving past in the dead of night see that white glowing figure standing by the wall. <sighs> Been so much death, so much disaster. But that's what people remember, isn't it? These curses, these memories, these ghosts. No matter where I go or who I'm with, I'm always proud to come from here. But I'm always scared of it. It is beautiful, but it is bleak. And that wall is at the heart of everything that goes on here. <sighs> I wish I knew more. I wish I could tell you more, Bethan. As long as that wall stands, my hope in this area stands. I hope to God it is never pulled down. So that's it, the wall. It's amazing, isn't it? Something so old could hold so much power in a place that's so new. So many ghosts, so many echoes, so many legends all around that little stone wall. That's why I could rescue you, Bethan. That's why I could get into the tail tide. There are so few places you can... you can enter that realm. But she was there. One of the Tulwith take. You mean you actually saw one? Yeah. Her name was Haith. She was so beautiful, but so old. She gave me a pebble. She said the pebble I could take in, but I would have to leave it there. I left it on the beach next to you, the large blue pebble. But I was not to take anything away but you. You don't want to cross the tell with Teague, you see. They always want something in return. Years ago, they would take a baby and replace it with changelings. They could make you go to sleep and not wake for a hundred years. I don't want to be in their debt, Bethan. I don't know what will happen if we're in their debt. Oh, Come on, we need to go. Yeah? 
I've still got the pebble. You've still got the pebble.